Já viu rico namorar pobre? Friday, everyone. Fridays are usually such a happy day, but this one is bittersweet because it is the last episode of season three. Bittersweet for us because we're really excited to be done. We're very tired. Um, we need some time to recoup. We love you guys, but you know, we need some time for ourselves. You know, you can't pour into others if you have an empty cup. Well, I have my usual suspects with me. Um, none other than Shexi Shane. Oh, Hold up, wow. bitch. No, 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 no. We not wow. do this on the last episode. <laughs> What's wrong and with Shexy Shane? Sherry. No, What's no, 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 no. Everything. That's me. You're Shexy Shane? I'm Shexy Sherry. Like, what the fuck? And Amanda is what we say, bear trapper Amanda. Okay. <laughs> we're not. We're not. We're not keeping that. <laughs> That's so tacky. I'm not going with that. <laughs> Maybe by the time that season four rolls around, I'll have thought of a nickname for you. Probably not. It's clear that I'm the creativity of this operation. But yes, it is the last episode of this season. We have had such a blast. We did things a little differently this season, and I like that for us. I feel like we thought outside the box, and we did exactly what we want to do. And I mean... I have no complaints there. Uh, we interviewed some fun people. We talked about some really important topics. And I don't know. I'm biased, but I think this might be our best season yet. Um, I really enjoyed season two. I think season three is my favorite also. Like really? Sherry just needs Sherry just needs to like <laughs> be difficult. Eat your yeah. popcorn and go on. Season two was cute though too. ASMR. Oh. That was sexy. Yeah, I actually liked it. It was pretty good. That was nice. Maybe that's season four. Season four, we're just an ASMR show. Yes. (laughs) Catch me clapping my ass cheeks on episode one, season four. Yes. So for our last media rec section, who's got something? I can actually go first. I'm not proud of this, but I'll own it. I love trashy teen dramas. Love it. Like the worst type of TV. Riverdale. What else? Teen Wolf. Well, I didn't watch Teen Wolf, but like that brand of show. Oh, that's not a teen drama. That's for kids. I know. I'm just kidding. But 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 it was his name. Cole Sprouse on. Yeah, he's on Riverdale. It's Cole or Dylan. So not sure. Cole. I think Cole. Um, so I started watching this new shitty teen drama that's on Peacock called One of Us is Lying based off of the book series, One of Us is Lying. And it is everything you want from a shitty teen drama. They make stupid choices. They play cliche music. Of course, two of the characters are going to be having sex when they could be getting murdered. Like, it's great. Definitely recommend it. It's nice, mindless television. And... Yeah, I feel like I like that brand of TV because that's where I fit on television. I don't know. Maybe that's why I watch it so much. It's scene study. Um, Well, first off, I love a teen drama and I love mindless stuff that I can put on in the background. Um, My suggestion is not mindless. Uh, I, over the weekend, went and saw Last Night in Soho, which is Edgar Wright's new uh, movie with Anya Taylor-Joy. And it... It's very, it's very good. Edgar Wright, I think he's pretty known for his sound editing and everything in his films is like always synced perfectly with music. His movies almost look like music videos. Um, And whenever I went and saw it, there was a sign in the theater when we got there that said just, you know, as a, as a FYI, the first 24 minutes of this movie, the sound is only coming out of the front, left, middle and right speakers. This is intentional. And I was like, oh, so obviously people have like complained about the sound not being full and surround and all that shit. Um, And there is a moment 24 minutes into the movie 
that is one of the coolest experiences I've ever had in a movie theater where like the sound like opens up and it works with what's happening on screen. And it's so immersive. So cool. Story kind of falls apart in the last like 10 minutes or so, but the cinematography and the editing is beautiful. The score is great. The acting is fantastic. Like it's a, it's a fun time. Yeah. It's definitely on my list of things to see. All right, Cherry, what do you have for us? Body butter? Yogurt? <laughs> Actually. <laughs> Actually, it's not a media wreck. You are absolutely correct. You are on the right vein. Because I am overstimulated. I'm legitimately... I'm legitimately... I can't even get the words out. I can't even watch TV right now or even listen to music. I need pure silence in my life. So my media recommendation is today... On the day we recorded, which is Tuesday, I got me a pedicure. And that motherfucking massage chair? Yo, have y'all ever just gotten a pedicure so you can sit in the fucking massage chair? Is that just Have I ever sat in a pedicure (laughs) chair just for the massage? Yes, I have. But I also know a really great place to get a full body massage and a foot massage. So if you want to know yeah Drop girl that's right around the corner from my house it's definitely one of those like low-key like sketchy asian spots it's not that sketchy mm-hmm. it's like imagine a nail salon but it, they give massages so it's not like a spa it's literally a massage parlor is basically what it is mm. y'all want to know a secret i'm scared you've never had a massage i've never had what a pedicure oh <gasps> really Ew, I've never I'm scared to see your feet. You've seen his I mean, listen, I've never nice said feet. my feet are cute. Amanda, but, one yeah, time, pointed to your feet and said, cute feet. <laughs> no, I didn't. Sherry, you, yes, you did. I swear to God, you did. Me. Amanda, I swear to God, you said that. And literally, Shane went like this. Thanks. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> see, the details are too accurate that, like, it absolutely happened. Because that's what Whatever. I would have said. Like, thanks. I'll go with you um, to get a pedicure. I love a pedicure. My ass feet. Uh, yeah, let's go do a pedicure, and then we can go see Doom no. since you haven't seen it yet. Feet or not? Okay. Yes. Don't do that to yourself. No, pedicures oh. are a really nice experience. They literally rub your feet. They get like in your toes. They like. I'm ticklish though. My feet are ticklish. Yeah, but that's part I'm of it. I'm gonna be cackling. But that, but that's part of it. <laughs> that's part of it. I'm gonna be cackling. <laughs> Choking okay. back laughter is part of it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Okay, I mean, that's so, pretty normal. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm every, I mean, I've been getting a pedicure since I was five. I still laugh every time. Um, okay. So this episode is going to be a little bit different. It's our finale. So we thought, why not do something that is totally outside of our norm? And you all loved the episode with Jono so much. You loved the way we were interviewing him and the questions to be asked. So we thought, why don't we do something similar but interview each other. Ask those questions that I'm sure you all have been wanting to know the answer to. I, you know, it's often time that I think about this podcast and our relationship with our fans. And I think, do they really know us? Well, now is their chance to really get to know us, you know? I'll start yeah. with a mild one. Sherry, how are you doing? I feel like a volcano about to erupt but there isn't enough pressure for a full explosion so I'm simmering just under the surface and there is lava build up like a crust waiting to escape and I know once the explosion (laughs) happens life will be better but I am so anxious it can't that's how I'm feeling (laughs) Why are you guys looking you, at me like that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, are, what is that? Okay? <laughs> yeah, like, oh my god. Not wait, really, what? honestly. I'm laughing about it because it's better than crying, but no. Okay. <laughs> Give us some context. What's going on? Okay. So this week I'm opening a play. Remember when I told you guys I quit acting? Okay, I committed myself to a full play. Um, I forgot how to study lines. I do not have that muscle memory anymore. That muscle is completely atrophied. (laughs) And now I'm in a whole ass play. Like, 
and it's back at UF. So I'm going back to Gainesville, Florida to perform this play for what? Eight performances. Talk about just jumping back in. Like, why did I do that to myself? But here we are. That's what's happening. Well, I for one can't wait to see because I too will be in Gainesville, Florida to watch you perform on opening night. I am so excited scared. for you. I don't know if I can act anymore. To real talk, like I don't even I have no idea. We're about well, to see on opening night. <laughs> girl, that's something I can relate to because I too don't know if I can act anymore. Because all I do is audition. So I watch you audition, you can act. <laughs> yeah, we watch your auditions every time we tape them. You can act. I just saw you act tonight. Yeah. Yeah, but that's like so short. It's like if someone gave me actual material, could I do it? Who knows? I've always felt like if I were, because I get into those mindsets about acting where I'm like, do I, am I like really rusty on this? And like, I find it so much more difficult to get back into film. Uh, Like after you haven't been acting for a while, I think if somebody gave me a theater, like a a play script and like stuck me on like in rehearsals for a stage, I would get back into the swing of things really quickly and like get back to a good place. You know, film is like, show up, turn it on immediately, be ready to go. And I find that very difficult. Okay. Well, that leads me to a question for you, Shane. How are you feeling about your career right now? Like we talked to Jono about his career journey two weeks ago and I'm kind of just, I want to know, like, how are you feeling about your status right now? Um, so the last year has been very, wishy-washy i guess for me in terms of like thinking in the future and thinking ahead um and in short i've essentially settled on uh this you know little mantra for myself that like i know for myself that this the whole like five-year plan one-year plan things like that don't work for me um because things almost always happen differently than i plan them to And whenever things don't happen the way that I expected or the way that I planned or the way that I intended, um, whether it's a negative or not, like it still makes me feel like I failed or that like I didn't do something and I feel disappointed. Um, So rather than motivating me, it actually like makes me anxious. Uh, And so I've kind of settled on like, you know, I take things, you know, figuratively, like, you know, one day at a time Um, as auditions come in. Great. If they aren't coming in, you know, I'll deal with that at the time uh, when I need to. But for the time being, I mean, I can't think of a better career path to feel that way about. And I was telling my friends recently, I was like, you know, there is something really nice about, you know, as much as we want to shit talk like (laughs) the industry and how difficult it is and how much of a toll it takes. There is it's always going to be there we as actors grow into new types every year. Um, every decade we're, we're a new type. And so I know that if I were to decide right now, I want to take a break from acting. It's not serving me right now. It's not helping me mentally. I'm not having fun anymore. And I have other things I want to focus on. I could come back at 35, a completely different type and get back into some acting classes, get back into the swing of things and jump right back in. So Overall, my career, like my last like six months to a year that I've kind of had this mental shift, I have felt a lot better and a lot more confident in my abilities and in the future and haven't been like, you know, forcing myself to, to just like grind, grind, grind like I was for the first couple of years that I was here with no results. And it was just like severely impacting my mental health. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. I have a question. I'm going to switch gears a little bit. This question's for Shane. Shane, tell us a microaggression against gay people that straight people may not know is a microaggression. I would have had no idea you were gay when I met you. Number one, no doubt about it. That's the one you hear the most often. Or you get the, or on the similar note, whenever you first ask, I was between that one or wording it in a way that's like, but you don't sound gay. And honestly, actually, I'm going to focus on that one. Um, but you don't sound gay is probably the one that's affected me the most because I went through such a period in high school, um, where the way that I stood or the way that I sounded and like my vocal inflections and like trying not to sound too feminine and trying to sound more masculine. And I, 
it lasted through college. And I used to take it as a compliment when someone would say that when someone would be like, yeah, but you don't sound gay or you, I would have had no idea. I would take it as a compliment and never thought anything of it. And it actually wasn't until my, um, it was actually the summer of 2016 and it was the year of the pulse shooting in Orlando. And I had this realization. Um, we were actually at London pride at the time because we were studying abroad that summer and I had this realization one day uh, because somebody said that to me and it pissed me off. And I kind of like shifted my mindset towards it. Um, and I felt like I started like opening up and being more of myself and like letting my actual like self come out, however that sounds, or however that, however, however that looks. Um, and it's probably been at, at its strongest in the last like year or two since I've been in Atlanta and I've like surrounded myself with gay friends and I've gotten to a place that one, it doesn't bother me at all anymore. Like I'm going to sound the way I sound and I'm going to act the way I do. I'm going to stand the way that I do or whatever it may be and own it. I'm going to do whatever I feel like doing at the time. Um, and that's something that I think straight people, I don't know that they realize they're being offensive when they ask it or when they say it. I think they think that based on societal norms, especially to an actor, oh, I would have had no idea. And like, that's actually kind of insulting. Like it's kind of shitty because you're, you're suggesting that acting quote unquote gay or sounding quote unquote gay is a bad thing. And you've overcome that. So good for you. I would have had no idea. And it makes you feel like you need to continue hiding it. It's really interesting that that is something that you deal with because I feel like no matter what your like marginalization is, marginalized people have so much in common. And I feel like I've experienced a very similar microaggression. Sherry, I'm sure you've heard it to you where people would be like, well, you don't even really, you don't even talk like a black girl. Like you don't even really talk black or like the opposite where it's like, Oh, you talk really white. <sighs> that was a good I question. Sherry. Completely co-sign. Well, Amanda, I have a question for you. Okay, so you are very outgoing, and I feel like people, when they meet you, they have a full grasp on your personality. So what is something that people may misconstrue about you after meeting you? This was a question I was about to ask both of you. So I'm going to have you both answer it afterwards. So that's crazy. We're like right here, Sherry. We're on the same wavelength. So a misconception... Oh, I know. A misconception people have about me is I think people think I'm tougher than I actually am. So like, I get that I have like a strong personality and I am know who I am. But I think what people confuse that with is like, I'm made out of steel. I can never get my feelings hurt. I do feel like sometimes people try to use me as a punching bag for that reason because they're like, oh, well, she can handle it. She can take it. She's tough. You know what I mean? It's like, it's fucked up though. Like I'm a human being. Yeah, I probably might be tougher than the average person, but that doesn't mean that I don't have feelings. Like you shouldn't be a fucking dick. Mm. Sherry, I had this question for you also. So I also had this question. So Sherry, you go Mm. next. And then I'll answer it. Okay. Um, Something that people misconstrue about me upon meeting me. Um, Actually, it's along the same vein of what Amanda's saying. A lot of people don't know that I am maybe the most sensitive person that you will ever meet in your life. Like, I'm funny and I'm, I'm fucking hilarious, but that's because it's a defense mechanism I, um, people think that I'm not paying attention because I am funny or, um, I'm flippant, but I'm being that way because I'm actually, I take everything to heart and I, I fret about every little thing. So yeah, I'm very, very sensitive. Shane. Um, mine is also in the similar category. I, but it's a little different. Mine comes less from a a place of sensitivity and mine comes more from the fact that I get people who tell me all the time that uh, they have this this idea that I'm very confident in myself and that I am very sure of myself. And in situations like I always find out from people when it comes to like first impressions, because if I 
had a nickel for every time that somebody told me that like they thought I didn't like them or that I like was coming off as intimidating or I wasn't talking to them. I'm like, I, listen, I, part of me is like, you've given me too much credit. I didn't think about it at all. Like I'm not associating anything with that. And I'm also, I'm probably like, I'm reserved, I think is a better way to describe me upon first meeting people. I tend to be reserved because I'm also like, I'm throughout, I, I go through phases of it, but like at my worst, I'm like detrimentally, like not self-conscious of my, not, not self-confident at all. Um, and it constantly like puts me in a place of like not including myself in things or feeling like I, I shouldn't go to this. Like people are getting annoyed with me or whatever it may be. Um, or in, in, in gay culture, I'm like, I don't look like these guys. I don't have a six pack and like all these things. So like, I probably shouldn't go to this pool party because I'm not going to fit in there. And it's something that like, I've been working on a lot, but it is still something that when people learn it about me, they are usually pretty surprised. And I'm like, I, <laughs> I have no self-confidence until I'm like, actually like doing something about it and like working on myself. Um, but my default, like that's something I've been working on for a long time. That's so interesting that you say that. Cause I feel like the most confident presenting people are those that also don't feel like they have confidence. I was just talking to Sherry about this last night. And I think I talked about it a little bit last week where something I'm working on right now is my overall self-esteem, like the value that I think I hold as a person. And people also think that I'm very confident when they meet me and they're like, Oh, you're so sure of yourself. You're so confident. Like, you know who you are, which I do know who I am. That's true. Like, I definitely feel like I know myself pretty well, but I would consider myself to be someone with a relatively low self-esteem. Like I'm working on it, but I don't think it's where it needs to be. Okay. I have one for both of you. Mine, I'm like, I don't want to ask just one because I want you both to, I want to know both of your answers. So I don't know. I might be like ruining the formula, but whatever. What is a quality that one of your co-hosts has that you would like to adopt? I want to go first. Um, Actually, it's Shane. Um, one of my favorite things about Shane and I literally, since I've met Shane in 2013, I've been trying to adopt this from him is his tenacity. Like when Shane puts his mind to something, he does it immediately. It's like he figures out that that's what he needs or that's what he wants. And he just goes for it. I'm very trepidatious and I'll just never forget. Shane was like, I'm not doing that anymore one time. And he literally left the school that he was in and went to a better program. Like, wow, I stayed there for four years. <laughs> like, Wow. Amazing. And I have always felt that way about Shane. Oh, thank you. Um, that's yeah. very sweet. I appreciate that. And it's something that it's like a good reminder because I do often put myself down. Uh, and this, this kind of goes back to what I was saying before about like having goals and having, having things in place. Like I've had to get to a place where I don't do that to myself anymore um, in the long term, but short term wise, I, I do try to, to stick to what I, what I say. Um, mine is for Amanda and I've, I've told you this before, but I, have a complete admiration for the fact that Amanda, um, you are able to just instantly adapt to any situation and any group of people in a way that, um, kind of going back to what I was saying before about like misconceptions with myself. Like I, I feel like I, I, and I've done it before I've brought you out to meet friends of mine and you just immediately click with people. And then I sit there and I'm the one that's sitting like off to the side, like not talking to people. I'm like, okay, who do I talk to now? Because Amanda's talking to everyone and everyone it, like she leaves and they're like, where's Amanda? I mean, it was so much fun. Oh my God. Amanda needs to come out with us again. You know, what's so funny. I used to get in trouble all the time for that. I, I don't know if everybody on the podcast knows this about me. I like to fucking talk. I never shut the fuck up. And when I was in kindergarten, my kindergarten teacher used to call me Miss Congeniality because I would be yes, talking to fucking everyone. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I'm going to answer because I feel like it's only fair. I was about to say, I have to ask you also the same question. 
yeah, I'm going to answer because I feel like it's only fair. Um, my answer is that I, and I tell Sherry this all the time, Sherry has this ability to see the good in literally everyone. And I have the opposite problem where I automatically assume everyone is the fucking devil. So I wish that I could be more like Sherry where she truly sees people for like their best version of who they ever could be. And I think that's such an admirable quality because I mean, you see the humanity in people. That's like what we're supposed to do as other humans, right? Where it's like, we don't, we shouldn't automatically be judging that they're trying to do something to hurt us or to be mean or fake or whatever. Like we should see them for who they are. So that's mine. Oh, wow. (laughs) Thanks. I have a question specifically for Sherry Um, because coming from, I'm someone who thinks a lot in like colors and like color coding. And I was thinking about this and I've never asked you um, if you had to pick a color that represents your, your artistic style in photography, what color would it be and why? Ooh, in photography. Oh man! Or just your art, like whatever, whatever you want it to be. I, Actually, I'm more just like I just, just as an artist. I just posted something about this and how color theory is related to certain motions on my IG. So it's it's funny that you mentioned this. I would say the color orange. Um, and it's a vibrant orange. Like think like orange peel orange. Um, because it's the perfect blend of like mellow yellow and a fiery red, and that's how I feel my photos look i feel like they're super contrasty they're loud they they almost punch you in your face because usually someone's like laughing their ass off or like you're in this big scene and there's like a there's a lot of juxtaposition so i would say yeah that vivid orange i love that i i'm obsessed with color theory i think like color theory is one of the quickest ways to like get to know somebody, whether it's how they work or just what they think represents them as a person. Yeah. That's a good ask question. I have a question for Shane. Shane, what is your most controversial film opinion? Oh God. Um, (laughs) Let's see. I think Joker is one of the worst movies ever made. It's complete fucking garbage. It's utter trash. Like it's it's self righteous. Um, it's vapid. Like it's it's complete and utter horseshit. And I know Amanda says like I don't usually dislike things, and that's usually the case. I always try to find something to like. I thought Joaquin Phoenix did a great job with the bullshit script he was given. Um, yeah, I, I mean Todd that is, is ne- very. Todd Phillips is never going to cast me, but I that's fine. I don't want to. That be is cast a very controversial opinion, and I appreciate you taking a stance. I think that's important because you always like fucking everything. I would be like, "What did you think about the princess swap on Netflix?" Shane would be like, "You know, I just great great costumes, <laughs> like fucking find something Listen, good about there's it." There's something there's something good to be found in in every piece of art that people make, and even something as awful and as complete horse shit as Joker still has some redeeming qualities, but we had to, you know, bombard it with bullshit scenes like these high school kids on that train who are bullying him, who somehow know all the lyrics to send in the clowns. Absolute fucking bullshit. There's no way in hell. Next question. Uh, Amanda, I have one for you. Um, I've actually always wondered this and I've never had a, a, a time that's come up that I thought to ask it. Um, I want to know if you won the lottery, like right now, what is the first thing you would do with the money? Ooh, if I won the lottery right now, I would buy my mom a house. Like I've always wanted to do that. Like that's like, to me, the greatest thing ever. And I don't know, I don't talk about it that often on the podcast, but my, I come from an immigrant family and my family moved here with really nothing. They left their home country so that I could have a chance to have an amazing life and achieve things that I would not be able to in a small little island like the island of Jamaica. So I don't know. To me, I have a deep sense of respect for the sacrifices that my family made for me to be able to pursue this life that I have. Like 
I'm an actor. Like that's crazy. I don't have to live a traditional lifestyle. I get to pursue my dreams simply because my family risked a lot and gave up their entire home and to move somewhere where they knew no one and knew nothing about. So to me, I'm like anything I get first and foremost, they will always be taken care of my first priority. Oh, MSY. If you're listening, cause I know you are. You got a house on the way, girl. <laughs> I'm gonna you get my dad something too. I'll, I'll get my dad something too. Not a house, sorry, Jerry, but I'll get you something cute. <laughs> Cause I gotta save something for myself. I mean, come on. Your he won't even. He won't even appreciate this. In the cut. Alexa Genius in the cut looking. Alexa's going to be making mad fucking money yes, and you know exactly. it. Alexa does you not still have money. to buy her something. I know your no, family. No, I'll dynamic. pay off some of her student loans. There we go. Oh, okay. I have a question. This is controversial. So I would like all of us to answer and I'm going to go last. Rate your acting. Rate it. Shane and I both just rolled our eyes <laughs> so hard. Rate I'm gonna it. rate mine. I'm gonna say six. It's above average, but not by out much. of ten. Damn, Amanda. That's that's a three out of five. Why are you that's, undercutting? You're your higher team? than that. Damn, but that's her answer. Moving on, Shane. Um, for mine, when I am in it, and whenever I am. At my best, I I would give myself an eight. I'll agree with that. I would give myself an eight whenever I'm like in my zone and I, I feel good about what I'm doing. Um, Follow up. What's the zone? Like, do you, what is the zone? Well, it's different. I, I guess actually I might phrase it this way. I, when it comes to theater work, I'm way more confident in myself in theater work. If I were to be on like a really good night, I've, I'm feeling like I have prepared for it. I have worked really hard for it. I know what I'm doing. Everything is second nature to me. I have a cast that I'm comfortable with. Um, and I can just come out and play with them at that point. I think I'm capable of a nine on a film set. That's very different on a film set. I get way more self-conscious. And even whenever I'm like in the zone about something and I, it, it takes me a while to get there. When I get to that place where I'm like, okay, my substitution is here. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm after. Um, I, I feel like in, in film at my best. Like I That's very strong, though. I mean, bravo. I'm happy that you're um, so sure of yourself. I would like to get there. You deserve more than a six. I would say you're the yeah, exact same. Definitely. You're an eight and a nine. Yeah. I saw oh, you nice. having that scene that's in nice Taming of the True back in college. Girl, I just filmed one of your auditions. It was absolutely fucking amazing. And by just, I mean this Sunday, a.k.a. Halloween. <laughs> like, goodbye. I'm Okay, you Sarah, you have to answer. I will. Um, I give myself a seven um, across the board, like average. Um, yeah, to be quite honest, I'm going to tell you why I give myself a seven. It's because... It is in my nature as a Gemini and an air sign. I don't like to focus on things. It's, I eventually do, but I'm like a jack of all trades, master of none. Um, and it's part of the reason that I eventually quit because I realized like this needs like specific attention and I'm not willing to give it. And that's part of the reason I can never get better. It's a good answer. It's a very insightful. I feel like seven is a good, is a solid number too. That's good. Actually, I'm going to tell this story. So I'll never forget in um, undergrad, I might have told it on the pod already. Maybe not. Uh, someone once told me I was in undergrad. I was very green, very green, like the most brand new straight out of the rapper person you could ever meet. Um, and someone told me you need to literally be intimate with someone so that you can understand the art of acting. And that really pissed me the fuck off. I was really mad about it um, because they were basically telling me you don't have enough life experience to be another character because you don't know how to be yourself yet. Um, and in the time when I was acting, I hate to say it, but that person, I wouldn't say they were correct, but now that I have life experience, I understand what they were saying. Were they fucked up for saying it? Yes. But... Now at this age at 30, 
I feel that I am able to embody someone else because I have more control of myself. Um, I would not say that years ago, though, when I was an actual actor. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. I've got a question for both of y'all. If you could meet one now deceased person, who would it be? Bob Marley. Oh, that's a good one. You smoke a joint with Bob Marley. Um, I would want to meet an ancestor, a woman ancestor that was black. What would you want to ask? Am I doing enough? Am I making you proud? Damn. Shane, who would you meet? Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. Ooh, that's a good one. In a heartbeat. I would love to I see mean, imagine talking. the stories. I want to hear about the war. I want to hear about him as an author. And like, I mean, with everything he did for fantasy and literature, I would just love to not even like, I guess I, I always feel with this question, like I don't want to sit with like a celebrity and like pick their brain about like their fame and stuff like that. I would just want to sit and talk to Jared Tolkien. I think he'd be so fascinating. Okay. I have a similar question. Kind of. If you can invite one person to dinner who would be your dinner guest? Like to a dinner party or like we're on a date? Dinner, mm, dinner party. Ooh, I need a second. They could be anybody like ever existing and like alive today. It can be fictional. It could be dead. It could be alive. It could be anything. Okay. Well, I need a second. You would have to bring someone that would make you laugh. Like that's the only point. I don't know. This is my, I'll answer first. I don't know that this is my absolute answer but this is what comes to my mind right now and hear me out i want to bring martha stewart i feel like she has lived a thousand lives i want to know more about jail i want to know about her friendship with snoop dogg i want to know about her modeling and pinup shit she was doing when she was in her young 20s martha stewart has lived a very interesting life i'm bringing martha she has stories for days that's actually a great Absolutely that's a really great good one. I think for me, and it's kind of the same thing that you said, Amanda. Like, I don't know if it's my absolute last answer, but at the at the time being, I'm thinking through it, and I'm like, okay, uh, if I'm going to a dinner function, it's gonna be a, a it's gonna be a gay dinner function, and currently the guest that I'm gonna have is Murray Bartlett, who I just was Armand for Halloween, and I think I think he's a fantastic actor. I think he's at a really cool place in his career right now. And also as someone who like, even though he's been an actor his whole life, he's really only like coming to the spotlight in the last 10 years or so. And I, I think like we were saying earlier with like you, you grow into these types. Like I would love to, to just witness being around him and seeing what that's like and talking to him. Um, And he's also fucking hot. So I that's think that's it. a good that's answer. <laughs> I think that's a really good answer. Well, and even outside of his career, I think I'm always fascinated. I always love talking to gay men in particular who have lived through so many different, um, like groundbreaking, you know, checkpoints in the gay rights movement. And he's one of those. And I, I, I there'd be so many good stories. I just know it. Um, I think I have my answer. I would invite Eartha Kitt. Sherry, that was on my list. That was oh, on my list, Sherry. Uh, it was almost on the tip <laughs> of my tongue. I almost said Eartha Kitt. Eartha Kitt, I mean, Batwoman, she cursed out basically the president's first lady. Um, Yzma. She slapped the fuck out of jacket, Harry. <laughs> right? She, and she was Madame Zeroni. So Madame Zeroni. Zero's grandmother or great grandmother, whoever she was. Um, I want to know how you were exiled from the United States and still made a whole career of yourself overseas. Like, wow. Wow. Yeah. Tell me everything. How are you so ahead of your time? Yeah. Okay. Honorable mention for me. And like, this is going to be really fucking lame, but like, I actually, if I could ask anyone, I might ask this person. I really want to invite Andy Cohen to a dinner party. I have so many questions about so many housewives because it's like great. I just need to I need to ask him about certain things that I know were like covered up by Bravo. I'm like, there are a few things I need more answers to. One of which, Michael Darby, I need more 
information on that situation. I know that you know. I know that the producer said, go ahead and drop it. But did he fondle that producer? Yes or no? I need to know. I also would invite Anderson Cooper if you're inviting Andy, because I also need to ask Anderson Cooper those same questions, a.k.a. made a name Vanderbilt. Like, I have so many questions for you. Yes. And about Andy Cohen. Okay, I have a question for both of you. What is a quality that you possess that you love about yourself? I would answer my loyalty to people that I care a lot about. Um, And my social circle for people that can truly call me a like loyal, loyal person in their life is a small circle. Um, Because it is very easy to break that trust for me. And it's very easy for me to put you in a place that like, I will go on a limb for you. Maybe I might help you, but like it, there will be limitations. You know what I mean? Whereas like I, when it comes to people that I'm very close with, like you have my full complete loyalty always. Like I will literally do anything. I will always be there for you. I will always back you up. Like, um, my favorite quality about myself is also actually my downfall. It's my ability to understand. I feel like I am a very understanding person. I might not agree with you, But sometimes that doesn't matter. Most people are not looking for people to agree with them. They're just looking for someone to understand what they're saying. And I am able to separate the two. So I can listen to a point without making you feel like you are being railroaded. So most of the time I feel that when you're talking to me, you're able to talk out an issue and then go forth with a solution. So yeah, that's what, but it's also my downfall because they say I'm wishy-washy, um, which is true much to my chagrin, but yeah, uh, it's my understanding. If I had to answer this for myself, I would say the quality that I love most about myself is my ambition. I feel like I like to go after things. Like if there's something that I want to do, I am going to figure out how to do it. And I'm like, absolutely resolute. I, you cannot change my mind. This is what I want to do until the day I decide I don't want to do it. I will be pursuing it relentlessly. So my ambition, I think is something that I'm most proud of. I've got a quick honorable mention just cause I got to be honest in this podcast. And it was one that at first I was like, do I admit this on a podcast or not? But I was like, you know what? Yeah. Because it goes with my Slytherin qualities. I can be one cunning motherfucker and I will find a way to get something And I will find a way to get like, I will work my way through. I will work some shit around. I can be shifty. I can, I'll figure some shit out for you. I agree with that. (laughs) He said, I will figure some shit out for you. Oh, um, I have a question. I guess we're just asking questions to the pod now. Okay. So we kind of did an episode like this about dating, which is quite interesting because I just remembered that episode. And it was all about love life. But this is a question on that vein, but it's not about romance and love. It's about like a partner. Okay. So what is the absolute quality that a partner, I might've asked this already, has to have for you to be with them for the rest of their your life? Emotional Consistency. Ooh, not y'all saying it at the same time. <laughs> And they kind of go hand in hand. (laughs) Consistent emotional I need both of you to elaborate upon those answers. I have been in situations where I have been with someone who's not emotionally available. And for me, it, it tops every other important quality of mine because none of those other qualities matter if you can't openly express how you're feeling. Um, because no matter what, like if we're, that is, that is the basis of every, conversation and every argument that we might get into is how you are feeling about something or how I'm feeling about something. And not only do I need you to be emotionally available to tell me how you're feeling and what I can do either to help or what I've done to make you feel that way so I can do better in the future. I also need you to be able to understand and empathize with me and how I'm feeling and what I'm going through. And I need you to have an understanding of emotion and empathy to be able to have those conversations above everything else. I think for me, consistency, because I think without that, I 
can no longer trust you. So it's like there's more at play if I'm with a partner that's not consistent because I'm like, I can't trust the things you say. I can't trust the things you do because one day it's this, another day it's this. Um, And I don't know. I feel like I've been with partners that have said one thing and like done another. And I think that creates a lot of mistrust. Like you just don't feel comfortable or secure because it's like, I don't feel like anything you say or do is real. Um, I'm going to say mine, um, which is kind of going off what Amanda just said. Um, mine is a partner who understands that I'm figuring things out. So I am the type of person when I talk to think people about things, um, I'm figuring out what to do. So I take their advice and do something different all the time. And I don't want to be in a situation where I don't take my partner's advice and it becomes a problem. You know what I mean? Um, so it's actually the direct opposite of what Amanda is saying. Um, I need someone who knows that I am still figuring things out too. And I will come to my own decision, but I value what you have said to me. And I took it into account. I just did something else. Yeah. That's very important to me because I've, I've actually ended a lot of friendships and such because of that quality that I have. So I need someone that understands that. Kind of on that same note, what do you guys think is the most valuable trait that you would bring into a relationship? Ooh, everything. Um, the most valuable trait I will bring into a relationship is fun. Yes, I knew that was going to be your answer. A good fucking time. No matter what we're doing, we could be sitting at home twiddling our thumbs, but guess what? We're twiddling our thumbs in space. Okay. I'm on the moon with Shane and his dog. We are having a good time. Yes. All the time. It's always an adventure. It's always spicy. I don't know. I think for me, I don't know like a one word way to say this, but like I'm tend to be such a ride or die. Like if we, if I choose to be with you, I'm with you till the wheels fall off. So I'm your biggest cheerleader. I'm your number one fan. I will literally stop the world to make sure you get what you want in life. I don't know what that one word for that is. Support. Yeah. Support. There you go. Unwavering support. I love that. Um, well, cute. Um, <laughs> mine is, uh, if you get into a relationship with me, you are getting into a relationship with somebody who has a complete open mind. Like I love spontaneity. I love, I'm open to almost anything. Um, and that, that can be in a wide, a wide variety of topics and subjects, but I am very open to at least trying something and saying like, okay, let's give it a shot. Um, because I think that's how you grow. That's how I personally grow with a partner is like, I want to have new experiences with them. I want to have an open mind about doing new things, going new places, being spontaneous. Um, I think there will be something so sexy about somebody waking up like on a, you know, a Saturday morning and saying, Hey, let's go like book a fucking flight. Let's go somewhere. Like let's leave. Um, oh, I agree. That's I my favorite. That I, love I love spontaneity, spontaneity and excitement. Um, and I'm gonna give you an open mind for all that. I have a question. Do you think you'll have kids in the next five years? Fuck no. No. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I do. I that do. is crazy. You're right. That's wild, Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you someone me. told me <laughs> someone told me a year ago and it really made me mad that I wasn't ready for kids. And I thought that was so rude. Like, you don't know what someone's going through. That really pissed me off. Cause one of my actual life goals is to be a mom. I really love child development. I think it is so important to develop a child so they can be the best person they can be. Um, yeah. So I do see myself having kids by that time. I'll be like 35. Uh, listen, this is nothing against Amanda, but like you are the most qualified person to be a parent here. I think you would 100% know that about it. Be the best parent out of the three of us. First of all, 
I don't agree. I think I would be the best parent out of the three of us. The fuck? That's what I don't agree with that. I, I think I'd be a better parent than you. <laughs> oh, you are 100% incorrect about that. Because I would call CPS on oh, your ass man. so quickly because I know what you do on the weekend and I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> hey, I didn't say I'm going to be a parent right now, but I'm saying traits and, and who we are. You can't tell me. I think Sherry would be like a, a plus parent. Oh, I agree. Oh. But I'm the best parent here. I'm not saying you'd be a bad parent. I think you'd be a good parent. I think you and I would both be good parents. <laughs> okay. Well, whatever. But Sherry would be I a great one. I think you and I would both be good parents. That's what he said. Did he just proposition me well, to go 50 you. on a baby? That's what well, I heard. No. <laughs> no. Okay. So, question. Do you like the way you look naked? Yeah, I sure do. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> what? Explain what that means. Like I explain. I'll put it this way. I look um, good. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was going to go a little more in depth than that, but that's basically it. I. I and and as of the posting of today, you guys have both seen a post that I made on my close friend story this afternoon. Um, I I will say like there are times where like I see myself naked and I'm like eh, like I'm not feeling this right now. Like just walking past a mirror. When I get the camera out though, and I'm like, you know what, I'm about to take some fucking pictures. I feel so good about them, and I feel so good about myself. And I see them, and I go, oh, oh my god, it's preserved in my device. I can now post it for attention. So, long. St- yes, the long story short, yeah. I think for me, I think women's bodies are so beautiful, regardless of like what they look like. You know, I think women in general just have like gorgeous features that we all have. We have breasts, we have hips, we have thighs. Like it's just all just a whole bunch of va va voom and delicious. And I think for me. The older that I've gotten, the more womanly I look, and I love it. Move over, Betty Boop. That's a good point, like, in general. I think, like, the human body in general is, like, so beautiful and interesting to me. And, like, I was talking to my friend about this the other day. I was like, I I have such a, a fascination with specifically... And, Sherry, I think I've talked to you about this before. I have such a fascination with, like, nude photography... Um, and like photograph, like nude art books. And like, I think you like through art, like capturing the human body is so beautiful. And it like shows so many different sides of the human body and how amazing it is. And like, I think everybody's bodies deserve to be celebrated. Agreed. And I think some of our best parts are constantly covered. So that's why when I catch a glimpse of myself walking by the mirror, I'm like, ah! bitch i forgot that's what you look like because you were wearing clothes all day well look at your fine ass and then I just pause for a second take it all in and go on about my day <laughs> um i'm my answer is no um i do not like the way i look naked um and it's i love you guys' answer i like the way and you I look naked whatever. amanda I do. Love I like the way you look naked. I also um, love the way Shane looks naked. I took a screenshot of his post today. It was a great post, but I will tell you the reason why. So I think I just put this into words because um, it's weird. I was telling Amanda this the other, like yesterday. I was like, you know, when I think of things, they don't come in thoughts. They come in like colors and strokes And I have to decipher what that means in like the English language. And then I have to tell someone. So sometimes it's hard for me to express exactly what I'm feeling. So when I'm very specific, like it took me a lot to get there anyway. So um, it took me a lot to get to this conclusion as well. The reason I don't like the way I look naked is because I've never felt that my body has been for me. Um, I've always felt like it's been for someone else. So but not in a good way. Like I always feel like I'm getting used. Like whenever someone likes me, I feel like they think I'm their wet nurse. Like, cause I have a large chest. Like it does not feel good. Like I've, I always feel objectified and it's like, I'd rather just cover it. Like I don't want that attention. I've always felt that way. 
No, I think that is honestly something that happens when you're a woman. I mean, unfortunately, I would I would reckon to guess that most women started to notice their body and the attention that they got, especially for men at a young age. Like I know for me, I was like maybe 11 years old when I started noticing that men would be paying attention to my physical being, which can be scary. You're a kid, you know? So I definitely can relate to what you're saying. Which is interesting because I'm relating to it because the opposite, like I didn't realize people were looking at me until I got to college when I had to play a woman in a play when I was like, I don't understand why I have to do that because I feel like, my parents made it so that people didn't look at me because they did not want me to get that attention. And it's because they, I used to wear like some of my brother's like clothes type thing. Like I was always covered completely, even though I was a swimmer weird. Maybe that's why, but yeah, I've always felt like my body has not belonged to me and I can't comment on it. When did that start? Especially if you were, like, covered most of the time. I've always felt that way. Like, ever since I can remember. Like, this is not something for you to show someone because it's not yours. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know where that comes from or no? Um, I have an idea, but that's part of the reason. I've said it on this podcast, maybe. But, like, stylistically in terms of fashion, I'm very conservative for that reason. Like I do not like showing cleavage because it affirms that my chest is for you. Like I do not want you looking at me, but then it makes me question that notion. Like, why don't I want people looking at me? It's, it all makes me feel uncomfortable. All of it. Cause I don't want you looking at me for that reason. Like I want you to think that I'm funny or that I'm smart. So I feel like sometimes you looking at my body negates all of that that's Which very interesting fair. yeah that's really that's interesting not fair to say of a woman it's not i feel like for me i have the opposite problem where i mean i was always like i don't know a pretty girl by like traditional standards right so it's like i feel like for me my outward appearance is actually how i get my foot in the door like people talk to me because i'm pretty people you know what I mean? Like, because I look a certain way, people, I guess, want to engage with me. Um, so for me, I feel like because I know that and because that's like women we know, we're told our single most important value is the way we look. I feel like I use that as currency. So like now I'm like, oh, great. I look good because then I can get what I want. Interesting. It's funny because people are like, people have told me that I'm attractive, but I don't believe them. Never have. Very strange. I'm working on it. <laughs> well, it's yeah. a good well, thing yeah. to work you on. Need to work you need to work on that, Yeah, you need to believe it. <laughs> yeah. You need to work yeah, on that. I do. Actually. Okay. Shane, do you have um, one last question for us? I sure do. So last question of the episode and last question of the season. What are you guys doing in your spare time between now and season? Oh, what I'm doing in my spare time is fucking sleeping. Oh my God, please. I want to sleep. That's all I want to fucking do. I, I feel like COVID kind of like everything stopped all of a sudden. And then this year we ripped the bandaid off and now everyone's off to the races, but we're running twice as hard. I need a break from life like as soon as this is over and i have my thursdays back and i am able to not think about the podcast for 15 weeks i will be doing absolutely fucking nothing i've been talking about this the past few weeks i think for me i'm like on this journey to just be a happier and better me and i've made a lot of strides there and i'm seeing a lot of i've seen a lot of positive like output i guess like now that i'm improving my self-worth and my self-image good things are happening to me finally the way that i wanted them to be this whole entire time so i think for me in the off season i'm really going to continue that and take inventory of the things that i've done like be proud of myself for once i'm gonna listen to this podcast from the beginning and actually listen to the work that we've put in and be proud of that and listen to season one and all the way through to season three and really reflect on how much we've changed and matured from 
even just two years ago and be proud of that. So I think for me, it's a lot of continuing what I've started to do. And when I tell you, I feel so good. Like I saw Shane today and he was like, wow, like you're in a chipper mood. I'm like, you know what? I am. And truly nothing really happened to me to make me be in that headspace other than the fact that I just want to be happy. And like, I'm taking the steps to get there. And I actually am. So I'm going to continue that and take inventory of the things that I've done and be proud of the work that I put in, not even in terms of achieving things like in my career or like doing things just simply for being myself. So that's what I'm going to be doing in the off season. That makes me think actually on a very relevant note, um, uh, Lord has been doing a thing since the album release for solar power where she's no longer on social media, uh, but she does like every few weeks, she'll like send like an email, like to her fan base and just like updates, like things That's she's doing. That's super was a, old school. And I actually love it. I love it. I love it. But there was a really good one that she sent today. Um, and she was talking about how like, she's been going back and like listening to old albums and of hers and like her old work and like, she was like, I was realizing that like, I've never been much of like, uh, like keeper of journals. I've never really been into it. I've never like caught onto it. I've tried to over, over the years and I just never have. And I wish I could, you know, sometimes I wish I could go back and like hear myself. And she was like, then I realized like I have three albums that that is my journaling. Like that is where I put my, that's what I empty into is like the albums that I make. And I think for us, like that's kind of similar, like with the podcast. I mean, it's cause I think as artists and as actors, we try to base it around our acting and our art, but like that can stay fairly, you know, constant. Whereas we have changed so much since we started doing this three years ago. Um, and we're playing ourselves on the podcast. So hearing ourselves like in season one versus now is very interesting. Um, so yeah, I just want to share that. Cause I think that's also like very relevant to what you said. Um, for me, Kind of in a similar note on like working on myself, I think I always like when I I set these kind of like pseudo short term goals for myself, they're always based around my career and around acting and blah, blah, blah. And like, I think this year I've made a lot of realizations and I think I'm at a place where between now and next season, I specifically want to focus on myself physically and vocally. Um I want to get back into voice work that I was doing in college. Um, we studied link later technique at Florida state and it was always very beneficial for me, not only in acting, but just in my daily life. Um, and physically I got so much more into this year, like the, the sort of like circuit scene within like the gay community and like going to pride events and, and, something about it like really like pushed me to be like okay next year next summer i want to be ready for this i want to feel like my absolute best self i want to look the best that i can um and so i have some short-term goals in place for the next you know several months that i want to i want to stick to like through the holidays and like yeah physically and vocally working on myself I love it. A lot of self-improvement. I think it's very important. Something that I'm learning as I'm getting older is I always thought for some reason that like you get to be happy or like you get to feel content whenever you do something. It's like an earned something that you get where it's like you finally achieved this thing. So now you've reached happiness or now you've reached this point of self-acceptance. And I'm learning now as you get older that like there's literally nothing that you can achieve that you can do other than actually actually doing what you have to do to get yourself there that will get you there. So I'm proud of you both for taking the steps that you need to get into that space. And like, for me, I'm like, I just want to be somewhere and Sherry, we've talked about this where no matter what's happening, I'm good. I'm happy because I deserve to be happy. I have a good life because I deserve that. And it has nothing to do with how many movies I've been in and how many shows I've done. It's simply because I'm a human who deserves that as a right. Well, I think part of it is putting those kinds of goals in place. Like while it's good for you at the same time, um, like I was saying for myself before it, 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 it kind of gives me anxiety and it puts me into a place of like, I'm focused on something in the future. And that 
that milestone or that, that checkpoint just keeps moving as I'm moving with it. And so I never reach a place of happiness and content. And like, I feel like that's the quickest way. Like those are the times that make your life fly by. Like, I think the moments that you truly just like let yourself be in the moment, be happy with where you are and be happy with what you're doing now. I think those are the times that you truly like actually get to like feel it. And you can look back on those times and you can feel very happy. Um, as opposed to looking back and going like, Oh my God, where the fucking time go? Like, I know I did that my first two years living in Atlanta after college. I can't tell you really anything that happened during those two years, but I was so focused on like, Oh my God, by this time I need to be doing this and this and this and measuring my success and my self worth by intangible things. And it's like the last year has been so much better for me. And I think it's just because I've shifted that mindset to try to be more present. Yeah. Something that always works for me is it's like, I feel like, mentally a lot of the times even though years have gone by i'm in the same place mentally and like sometimes i have to take myself out of it and say like okay what would me from five years ago think about me today and it's like five me from five years ago would be so astonished at where i've gone how far i've gone like it's sick me from five years ago would like be fangirling at my feet and i'm here disrespecting all of the work that i've done to get here it's just crazy that's so true. I'm thinking about that now. And I'm like, 2016, me was in my junior year of college. And ah, if I got to meet myself today, I think I'd be very proud and very happy and very excited. Cosine. Cosine. Well, the two of you are amazing. As always, I thank you both for taking this journey with me. I called you and said, let's do a podcast. And you both said, great. And... Now we're stuck doing it every year for 15 weeks, but <laughs> I know we have fun while we do it. And it's just, you know, that ladder, that last, the, that last little stretch right there can be rough, but we appreciate everybody who listens to this podcast. We love you more than, you know, the fact that people want to listen to us week after week, the fact that you subscribe to this podcast and get a notification to listen to our dumbasses, You're the real MVP. We are proud of you and we love Truly. you. Um, you can expect to see some content from us in the off season. We'll be doing some fun little activations and kind of giving you a glimpse into who we are as people. And I think it'll be a lot of fun, but till then three, two, one, we We out. out.